Hello, boxing fans around the world. Thank you for joining me once again here on Talk and Fight for another exciting episode of Boxing News Headlines. We get these from around the world from different sources, and I thought you'd appreciate us starting off today's episode uh, with more updates on the women's boxing side of things. This is going to be an absolute standout uh, match. Uh, the titles uh, is, is with respect to the upcoming um, Taylor versus Cameron fight on May 20th over in uh, Dublin, as you know. But title uh, uh, the episodes, uh, the story starts. Make that three world title fights on May 20th in Dublin. Matchroom Boxing announced today that former amateur standout Ellie Scottney will challenge IBF super bantamweight champion Chernika Johnson, one of our favorites here on Talk and Fight, in her seventh pro fight. Scottney is 6 0, coming off a nice win over Mary Romero back in October. Earned her the uh, European title at 122 and capped off at 3 0 2022. Meanwhile, Melbourne's Johnson is 15 1, six knockouts, claimed her title last April. Uh, with a close decision over Melissa Escaval, then defended it six months later by beating Susie Ramadan. So, not a lot to complain about here. Scotty's passed all her tests so far, and Johnson, whose only loss came against Shannon O'Connell via split decision, is a legit champion. Tough call, gotta say, but I do like Trinica. Uh, beside the main event between Katie Taylor and Chantel Cameron, this card will also see former undisputed welterweight champ Cecilia Breakhouse returned to action to challenge super welterweight champ Terry Harper. What a match that will be. Fantastic stuff. Alrighty, let's move along uh, to Oscar De La Hoya. And I, I mentioned this last week, and I'm going to mention it again because I do think it is kind of funny. I do think it's funny because uh, he's probably one of the six guys who believes they control the boxing industry. Oscar De La Hoya, cursing my friends over at BoxingNews24.com, in particular Dan Ambrose, has said that the Devanka Tank Davis versus Ryan Garcia fight will bring in over two million pay-per-view buys. Okay, on the October, sorry, on April twenty-second, the price of the pay-per-view uh, ticket still hasn't been announced with a month ago, <laughs> but if it's in the neighborhood of hundred bucks per household, as many believe will be the case you'll see a lot of piracy. Makes sense. It would be a good idea for the organizers of the event not to charge 100 bucks, says this author. Despite the massive bite out of pay-per-view sales from piracy from fans, De La Hoya is totally convinced that Tank Ryan event will do more than 2 million buys. Some boxing fans might see De La Hoya as diluted and out of step with reality, as do I. Uh, because people aren't going to pay to see the Javanta Garcia fight on pay-per-view if they have access to an illegal stream. So, Telehoya says, people thought I was crazy when I said it's going to do over 2 million pay-per-view. I still think it's going to do maybe even more. Even with the piracy going on, people stealing fights, asked his interview, Aiken Ray's, Considering that we could see this event uh, being as expensive as Floyd Mayweather Jr. fights against Conor McGregor and Manny Pacquiao, the piracy will predictably be out of control with fans all looking for free options to watch a Javante versus Ryan fight via an illegal stream. So De La Hoya responded, yeah, well, the zone has a good system going on here. Said Reyes, 
hey, you fight fans, stop stealing fights because we're real fight fans. Said Delahoya now in response, it's a testament to how big this fight is that tickets sold out there in three to four minutes. And the resale value, he was asked. Resale value is like no other. I've never seen anything like it, said Delahoya. It's almost like regular people can't go to this fight, said Reyes. These people that earn an honest living. Yeah, exactly, said De La Hoya. That is the problem with any sport. The resale. This is a testament to both guys, undefeated and young, and they've been on top of their game right now, so it's unheard of. It's unheard of boxing today to have two young guys that are undefeated going at it. During the last press conference we were in New York, I noticed that uh, Leonard Eberle from Mayweather Promotions. I don't even know if Tank is still signed to him or not. But he was there, said Reyes. When he came up, he said, I give all the credit for this fight getting made to Ryan Garcia, but none of his promoters. He's the only one to do with this uh, fight being made. What's your response to Leonard throwing a shot of Golden Poy, said Reyes. That's sour grapes. Obviously, I don't think nothing of it, said De La Hoya about LLB. Obviously, we all want this fight to happen. We all want this fight. I do have to give props to zone. I do have to give props to Showtime, everyone involved. It was a collab collaboration of everybody. We'll put in our two cents here and there, but I'll tell you everything. Nobody talked to LRB. Nobody negotiated. I don't even think why he was there. I don't even think he's part of Tank's camp. He had nothing to do with negotiations, asked Reyes. Zero whatsoever, said De La Hoya. I was actually surprised he was there. Two, two press conferences wrapped up. What do you take away from them in terms of size, asked Reyes. Everyone was talking about how much bigger Ryan is than him. It wasn't that dramatic when I see him side by side, but he is much bigger. In the confidence, you have to take anything away that Ryan might be there to use. First of all, let me touch on how major this fight is at De La Hoya. We fought tooth and nail for the zone. We need the zone there as our partner. We wanted the zone, and this fight was actually dead in the water, and we revived it by bringing all the parties together. So here we are now. We are going to be experiencing one of the biggest fights in recent years with Tank Davis and Ryan Garcia and 2 million pay-per-views. Mm-hmm. All right, over to one of my favorite uh, authors, uh, Charles Brunn, again, out of BoxNews24.com, and this is about Tyson Fury. How can we go a day without a story about Tyson Fury, or Eddie Hearn, for that matter, coming up? Uh, Tyson Fury's trainer, Sugar Hill Stewart, has reportedly arrived in the UK to begin training him for his still-announced uh, April 29th fight against the IBF, WBA, WBO champ, Alexander Yusik. The Fury Yusik fight still hasn't been made official, so it might not matter that Sugar Hill has supposedly arrived in the UK. There's still no word that the contract has been signed for the fight, said Brun. A photo of a clean-shaven, younger, and surprisingly thin-looking Fury showing him with Sugar Hill was posted recently uh, by Michael Benson on Talk Sport, but it's unclear whether this is an old picture, says Brun. As of two days ago, he says, Fury was bearded, flabby looking and less well-preserved looking than the photo posted yesterday. It looks like the 34-year-old Fury has discovered the fountain of youth to knock five years off his age, which he might need to defeat the talented IBF WBNWO champ, Yusek, who's 20-0, by the way, uh, who is more athletic, conditioned, and capable. Fury has taken a swim in the fountain of youth and resembles a fighter he was years ago. With the way Fury has boasted about himself, he hardly needed a trainer to beat the middleweight Yusek does he? The other way that Fury has been degrading the former undisputed cruiserweight and 2012 gold medalist, he should be able to defeat him without needing a coach like Sugar Hill. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
Hopefully this isn't theatrics on Fury's, Fury's part to give the appearance that he's training with Sugar Hill now. There's only a little over a month to go for this fight, and that's not enough time to prepare for a fighter like Usyk, who's completely different from anybody Fury's fought before, says Brun. If all Sugar Hill has to offer WBC heavyweight champ Fury for this fight is more than a punch, hold, and leaning kind of stuff we've seen in the last three fights, Tyson is wasting his time. That tired, one-dimensional John Ruiz escape, uh, sorry, John Ruiz-esque uh, approach won't work against a well-schooled mover like Usyk. Unfortunately, Fury hasn't shown any other changes to his game since Sugar Hill took over as his trainer in 2020. Sugar Hill is a cronk gym-trained gym, but the only visible change uh, for Fury since teaming up with him is he uses a lot of clinching and roughhouse tactics. Go back and watch Fury's second fight with Deontay Wilder and count the rabbit punches and holding and hitting that he did in that contest, all without being penalized and or disqualified by the referee. <laughs> so there you go. Charles Brunn going at it with Tyson Fury in the press. Good stuff. All right, let's move on to a few other quick stories happening here. We had... Uh, the Fundura Mendoza virtual press conference the other day, undefeated super welterweight Sebastian the Towering Inferno Fundura and rising contender Brian Mendoza previewed their battle for Fundura's WBC interim super welterweight title during a virtual press conference uh, back on Monday before they meet on April 8th on Showtime from Dignity Health Sports Park in Carson, California. He had a few things to say, but nothing really gritty. Um, elsewhere, we see w, WBO wants Charlo injury update. Yes, yeah, so do we. To expedite activity in the junior middleweight division, the WBO Championship Committee has ordered undisputed WBC, WB, IBF, WBO champ Jermel Charlo to submit within five days a detailed medical update and or status of his injury, recovery prognosis, and his orthopedic specialist's opinion as to when he'll be physically and medically cleared to compete to return to active competition. With Charlo out of action, the committee sanctioned the recent uh, uh, Tinsayu Raverson bout for the interim title subject to the committee reserving the right to order the winner to face Charlo within 80 days. The WBO wants to get the ball rolling on the Charlo Tio, or how do you say that? Is anyone, can anyone help me there? T-S-Z-Y-U. Is it spelt? And I don't know how to pronounce it properly. Sorry. WBA charges removed from the Char King lawsuit. The Southern District Court of Florida dismissed charges alleging that the World Boxing Association was involved in a lawsuit filed by former world champion Manuel Char against Don King Promotions. The court dismissed the accusations that Char's legal team had made against the organization based, among other things, on the WB's internal rules and the failure to use its mechanisms to make a proper claim in case of having felt affected. The Southern District Court's lengthy document explained that the plaintiff could have followed the regular procedures of the WBA's internal rules, but by not doing so, three charges charged team had filed against the organization were dismissed. Speaking of the WBA, they've ordered the Garcia-Roach fight. The WBA Championships Committee has notified current WBA Super Featherweight champ Hector Garcia that his mandatory opponent is now Lamont Roach, currently ranked number one in the WBA rankings on Monday, March 20th. That deadline to make the fight is May 20th. Therefore, both parties have 30 days to negotiate and send the contracts to the WBA Championships Committee. Should any of the parties express their unwillingness to negotiate, 
The championships committee will call for purse bid with 75% for the champ and 25% to the mandatory challenger. Quick little result here. Unbeaten WBA number 10 super bantamweight Alun Dunva or Dovhan, 15-0, five knockouts, successfully made his second defense of the WBA and ABA title with a 10-round unanimous decision over Juan Centeno, 8-7-3 on Saturday night in a fight that headlined a five-bout card at the Priory Grand Hall in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Despite being cut on his left eyelid due to accidental head clash, Dovhan was in command throughout the bout by boxing his way behind a consistent work rate. Centeno hung in there, but Devon took the fight by scores of 190 on all cards. One last comment here on Eddie Hearn, just for fun. Eddie Hearn thinks Erdobitabiev will be particularly susceptible to Callum Smith's sneaky, strong left hook. And I am quoting Sean Nam, who's writing at uh, BoxingScene.com right now. Better be of the IBF WBC WBO light heavyweight champ from Russia fighting out of Montreal, Canada is regarded as one of the most fearsome fighters in the sport as evidenced by the fact he has knocked out every one of his 19 career opponents. And he will rightfully be the heavy favorite should a fight between him and Liverpool Smith come to fruition later this year. Hearn who promotes Smith says he expects that the fight to be mandated by the WBC and Hearn has stated he wants to stage that fight in Smith's hometown in late summer. He's also floated the Middle East as an option as well. While Hearn understands that Smith, a former Titleist of 168, would be a clear underdog going into a better be a fight, he believes his charge will benefit from two things, the wear and tear on the 38-year-old better be of, and Smith's counter left hook, a weapon that has garnered him some of the biggest victories of his career. The 32-year-old Smith, who's now 29-1, and 21 knockouts, has only lost once in his career a lopsided points defeat to Canelo Alvarez in 2020 in a 168-pound title unification bout. So yeah, so it said Hearn, he said, I think Callum Smith is going to knock Berbiev out. I really do. Yeah, I'm very confident he'll win that fight. And I'll leave you with that thought. All right, let's have a quick uh, final recap of the belts scenario because we do have some unifications coming up uh, in this good old four belt era that all began uh, when the WBA, WBO sorry, gained recognition back in the early 2000s. And, uh, you know, recently we had some controversy with Taylor versus Catterall, but upcoming we have some fights. Um, that are going to make it, uh, here we go, the heavyweight division, Tyson Fury versus Alexander Usyk is a uh, unification bout. Um, in the light heavyweight division, we got Arda Bitaviv uh, going up against Dimitri Bivol. Um, and in the welterweight division, we have Errol Spence going up against Terrence Crawford. And I think there's one more. Yes, junior featherweight division. We have Stephen Fulton and Nayo Inui. Uh, sorry, Stephen Fulton or... Nayawa Inui, whoever wins, versus Marjan Akhmadeliev. So there you go. Some interesting news regarding upcoming potential unification bouts that we're all looking forward to seeing and seeing those results from. Hey, Carl, how you doing? Thanks for, for Cody Crowley. He's coming up soon. Uh, I mentioned him yesterday. I 
anyway, I think you'll be seeing him in England, actually, and you'll see him win. Uh, got to go. Got to jet. Uh, nice talking to you. Um, I'll be seeing you at 4 p.m. Eastern time on Knuckle Up with uh, Cedric Ben and Mike Orr. And uh, do we have any other shows today? No, I don't think so. That's it. So thanks for joining me. Remember to like, share, subscribe, hit that notification bell. Thanks for joining me. I'm going to see you later on. Cheers. Hey, Brooke.